Bibles this morning, we're going to go to Mark chapter number 10. Mark chapter number 10 in your Bibles. We'll look at verses 46 through 52. I will not read those again. We will work our way through them. But Caleb read them uh, in just a little bit ago. But we will work our way through them as we go through the message uh, this morning. The title of our time together is Arise, Jesus Calls You. Arise, for Jesus calls you. Mark chapter number 10. We come to uh, the end of chapter number 10. It seems like we've been in chapter 10 for quite some time. Of course, we were studying the gospel of Mark on Sunday mornings, but it seems like chapter 10 has just been a place where we have been resting for a period of time. But there's so much here. There's so much to learn, so much to glean out of chapter number 10. And it's been such a tremendous uh, work and and uh, some truths that we find out of there. But as we come to the, chapter, the end of the chapter, I want to remind us of how far we have traveled. We're in the end of chapter 10. I remind us how far we have come uh, as we have literally in these last 10 chapters walked hand in hand following the steps, the footsteps of Jesus on those dusty roads uh, of Palestine and those places where he walked and up and down those those hills and in those valleys and and uh, those mountains and preaching and teaching and everywhere he went, uh, having encounters with those who hated him, but yet having the encounters with those who needed him and and we saw wonderful we have seen wonderful things from the ministry of Christ in these ten chapters. I remind you we go all the way back you don 't need to turn there, but we remind you all the way back into Mark chapter number one. Jesus is being baptized by John the Baptist. And as Jesus makes his way up out of the, the water, uh, by the way, that's the, the mode of baptism. You come up out of the water. You don't sprinkle there. You come up out of the water. It's a good picture of what really uh, baptism is biblically. But as Jesus was coming up out of the water, the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and rests upon the God-man, Jesus Christ. And then at that point, there's a voice from heaven that thunders from above. And it says, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The people that were standing by that day heard that voice. They thought it had thundered. And certainly it was a thunder. When God speaks, it is a thunder. And uh, everybody's going to hear it. There'll come a day when he will speak. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Before all will hear. But when Jesus, when God, the God, the Father from heaven spoke... This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. With the work of John, John announced his coming. Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. The Holy Spirit anoints his work and his anoints him for the work of the ministry as he presses on from that point forward. And God, the voice of heaven, is the adoration of God. This is my beloved son. And now... We've come to the end of chapter 10 and three and a half years nearly of divine miraculous ministry has transpired from the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mark has spent 10 chapters detailing and highlighting those three and a half years of public ministry of Jesus. We move into chapter number 11 next week, Lord willing. And Mark will spend the remaining six chapters of Mark detailing and highlighting the very last week 
of Jesus, the very last part of his ministry, but yet the highlight of his ministry with regards to the reason he came, the cross, the finished work of Calvary. But he'll spend these remaining chapters dealing with the ministry of Christ there in Jerusalem as he makes his way to the cross and remind us that we, Jesus is now moving in that way. He's now working his way toward Jerusalem. But before we get there, before we come to that triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, we find what I believe to be one of the most amazing stories in all the Bible. The most amazing stories in all the Bible. It's the story of blind Bartimaeus. Uh, we would be familiar from youngsters and our young ones. We would teach them in Sunday school uh, about blind Bartimaeus. And here we find his story. We find it also recorded in the Gospel of Matthew as well as in the Gospel of Luke. This story, I believe, is strategically placed in our Bibles under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God placed it right here. And I believe God, Jesus Christ, as he was walking those roads, there are no chance encounters with God. But here in this passage, I mean, this could have been left out. This could have been just in something that happened that took place that we may not have been told about. But God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, strategically places the story of blind Bartimaeus right here in this particular place of our King James Bibles. Blind Bartimaeus is a picture of lost humanity. That's why he's placed here. Why, did, why is it here? Why is it strategically placed? He's a picture of, of blind humanity, lost, blinded to sin. He's a picture of all those who were in that region that day. He's a picture of all of us who are here today, all of us in this world today. Blind Bartimaeus is also, he pictures the blindness of the Jewish nation. No half chance here. He pictures the blindness of the Jewish nature, uh, nation, blinded by their religion. Up to this point, they have rejected their Messiah. And, and in just a short period of time, those religious leaders would condemn. They would cry out, crucify him and crucify him. They would demand his death and... They would demand the death of their heaven-sent Messiah. So they were blinded. Uh, you have those who are blinded in sin. You have those who are blinded in religion. Here's a picture of how a blind man, a blind begging man, came to know Jesus and have his life changed. That's what Christ is all about. He's about changed lives. He's about people coming to know him. This story is a portrait of God's mercy. It's a portrait of God's compassion. It's a portrait of God's grace. It's a portrait or a picture of God's power. His power to heal. His power to forgive. His power to make whole. His power to restore. And His power to give meaning to life. We find all of that in this story of blind Bartimaeus. There's so much here. We could maybe spend a couple of Sundays. We won't do that. But just looking at the parallels and all that's taking place. Uh, from the place of just being in Jericho. Of, of the picture of who blind Bartimaeus is. And what God did for him. How that parallels the nation of Israel. And how it parallels all of humanity. We won't have time to do all of that this day, but I encourage you to do it on your own. It'll be a great study. 
This is a story, and this story of, of this blind man is a story of faith. It's a story of faith that changed a life. Angie and I often enjoy listening to the Pacific Garden Mission Unshackled programs. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? You listen to those. We oftentimes listen to those. We enjoy those things on BBN radio. I just wish they came on a little bit earlier in the afternoon instead of so late at night. But after each week, or around the, around the announcer rather, each week, he introduces the individual whose life story is, is to be told. He, he talks about that individual and the, the life that was in shambles, the life was in ruins, And he makes this statement, until their hearts and life and mind are unshackled. (laughs) I like that. He tells the story of somebody's life is a a wreck and a ruin. And then they meet Jesus. And their hearts and their minds, their lives are unshackled. Bartimaeus' life was a wreck. He was blind. Uh, Can you imagine? He was blind. A beggar on the streets of Jericho. He had no joy. Uh, He had no hope. He had no way out until one day Jesus passes by. And when Jesus passes by, Bartimaeus' heart, mind, life became unshackled. The bondage was broken. The chains that held him were broken. What a miraculous thing this is. It's not just a a neat story that we hear on the radio. It's an everyday life occurrence. Because God changes lives. Here in this story, it's an extraordinary story of faith. I want us to look at it this morning together as we work through these passages. And an effort, and the reason I want to do this is the effort is, the goal here is to establish that we might establish saving faith in somebody today. I believe there are people all around us that need to be saved. I believe you can grow up in a, funda- grow up in a fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, gospel-singing, gospel-sending, working church and still die and go to hell. And still be as lost as you can be. And my hope this morning is that somebody's here this morning or somebody listening by way of live stream, that they might find faith, that they might have their lives unshackled uh, so that they can know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Perhaps someone needs to have their faith strengthened today. Struggling through the week, struggling with an issue of life or an issue uh, of just day-to-day living. And may it be that God would build into our faith today. Maybe there'd be some boldness built. There'd be standing faith that would be built today. Whatever the case, whatever the needs, let's allow the truth of the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and this story to unshackle us that we might go on in faith. I want to notice, I want to break down this story in four headings uh, this morning. So if we'll, you'll bear with me, we'll work through them. I want us to first of all see faith's knowing. Secondly, faith's hearings. Thirdly, faith's depending. And lastly, faith's rewarding. We see all of these in these passages of Scripture. First of all, notice with me, faith's knowing. Knowing. 
Faith begins, where does faith begin? Faith begins with knowing and acknowledging there's a need in your life. Knowing and acknowledging there's a need. A man doesn't know he needs faith till he knows and recognizes that he has needs. Uh, He's self-sufficient otherwise. It's realizing and knowing that you have a need. Bartimaeus was blind. We don't know how he was blinded. We don't know how long he had been blind. Maybe if it was from birth or maybe he had it a little while and lost it. We don't know if he had it, how long he had it, and how much he was able to see. We don't know those details with regards to Bartimaeus. We do know if he ever had sight with his eyes, he didn't have it now. What is clear is that there was an overwhelming need in the life of this man. An overwhelming need in the life of this man. To be blind in Jesus' day would be, would have put that individual at the very bottom of the social economic status of any society, and particularly of that society, that working society of that day. He would have been at the very bottom, if you will. He would have had no job. Uh, he would have had had someone carry him from place to place, literally take him uh, to buy food, to take him to, to uh, get him out of the elements. If it was raining, he would need someone to pick him up, uh, to take him to the place where he begged. Possibly he just slept there on the corner. The place where he was begging uh, by the road in Jericho, maybe he slept there. Uh, all the time. Maybe he had a place, a little cot, maybe something along those lines, a place where he was able to get out of the weather. I, we don't really know, but, but if you can just consider what it would be like to be blind. He had no trade. He would have been unable to provide for himself. Certainly, if he couldn't provide for himself, he would have had no family because he couldn't provide it for them either. Um. He had no one to call his own. He would need someone to, again, provide housing, food, clothing. He would more than likely, if he was born blind, he would more than likely be uneducated, unable to read. He wouldn't be able to read. Uh, He would need to be led. Someone taking by the hand, by the arm, he'd need to be led from place to place. Safety would always be an issue for Bartimaeus, just the fact of safety. It says he begged along the, the, the highway. Now, I'm sure that wasn't Interstate 75, but I'm sure it was a busy place. I'm sure it was a busy place. I'm sure it was a dangerous place. It was a place where people would often come by, and maybe in the middle of the night it would be easy pickings for someone who was lying on the street and, and thought that they, their situation was worse than yours, so they just took from you. So safety would always be an issue. He would always be exposed to the elements, the heat, the rain, the cold, the cool nights, and all those things, always be exposed. He sat by the highway begging. Bartimaeus knew his need was great. He lived every day hardships, no doubt, sorrows. He lived every day loneliness. Loneliness. Faith begins with knowing there is a need. Now, 
he had a great physical need, and he also had a great spiritual need, I believe. These multitudes of people here in this context and what's taking place, the multitudes of people are traveling with Jesus. Those folks who are traveling with him, they are making their way to Jerusalem. Here in just a short period of time, there would be the Passover celebration. That would take place. There would be many lambs slain by the people in remembrance of the exodus from Egypt's bondage. Likely, Bartimaeus had never participated in a Passover celebration. He never participated in that. Uh, He would need someone. Had he participated, he would need someone to carry him from Jericho to Jerusalem and to bring him back. And he would need someone to do for him all the things that would be done during that Passover celebration. He would need someone to make the sacrifice for him. Physically, he was an outcast. Religiously, spiritually speaking in that day, he was an outcast. He had great needs and he knew them all full well. Great needs and he knew them all full well. The problem with faithless people is that they do not realize how needy they really are. People don't realize how needy we really are. So many are content spiritually. Uh, So many are content, self-satisfied with material things, with religion, religious trappings, satisfied with social position, satisfied with financial stability, So much so that they cannot see how needy they really are. Revelation 3 and 17 says this. Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have not need of anything. Have need of nothing rather and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You see the problem with so many people today around us is they don't recognize they have a need. So many people have no sense of their condition before God. Really, no understanding of these things. The Bible describes a lost man's condition as dead, as being dead in trespasses and sins. The lost man will not see his need, or if he does see his need spiritually, he will choose, he will choose to ignore it away, to ignore it, his need, and never receive saving faith. If he does happen to see his need, he'll make a decision oftentimes to say, you know what, it's not that bad. I'm pretty good. Everything's okay. For this blind man, there were no demands for a position when he came to Christ, only a humble desire to be healed by the King of kings and Lord of lords. I just had someone say to me just very recently, I, I, we were talking about spiritual things and they made the statement, I, I, you know, I don't go to church, don't really go to church, don't need to go to church, but I'm ready when Jesus comes back. I'm ready when Jesus comes back. There's no sense of a spiritual need. Faith begins with knowing there's a need. 
There's a great spiritual blindness in our land today. The politicians, the educators, even the religious crowd cannot see it at all. Uh, We just throw a little bit more stimulus at it. We just raise a few more taxes. We just do this or we just do that to fix all the problems. When the greatest problem is spiritual. The greatest problem is sin. The greatest problem is these things are running rampant across our nation. In our own families so often. I just read this week where John Wesley's Methodist church has adopted homosexuality into its pulpit leadership, its pastoral leadership. I have no doubt that if Wesley were here today, he would condemn them as being blind heretics. I have no doubt about those kinds of things. And what I'm saying is there's a need, there's a great need, and faith begins when the seeing of that need. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world, the little g, God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Matthew 15 and 14, Jesus calls these religious leaders blind leaders of the blind. Bartimaeus knew he had a need, yet the world around us does not realize its spiritual blindness. If so, If the world recognized its spiritual blindness, they would run to Christ. The world would run to Christ if there was a recognition of a spiritual blindness, of the need that was so evident and was so clear. If if they would see that and understand that from the Bible. Listen, I believe our churches would be full. Bible preaching churches would be full. Altars would be full. At altar time, at invitation time, if the world saw and understood its need, uh, I don't know that we'd get to the altar time. I, I think people would just say, I need to get right with God. I need to get right with God. There's no recognition of the need. Our churches would be full. Our altars would be full. Faith begins, number one, with knowing there's a need. Number two, faith hears there's a better way. Not only we recognize there's a need, but faith hears that there is a better way. Verse number 47 of Mark chapter 10. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Faith not only sees that he has a need, but faith hears there is a better way. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me just simply say, the word of God is the better way. The Bible is the better way. Living for Jesus is the better way. Faith does not leave you where you are. It does not leave you where you are. Faith. Right, biblical, Bible faith lifts you up from where you are. doesn't leave you there. It lifts you from there and sets you on a firm foundation. One that cannot be moved. Jesus is passing by. Jesus is passing by the way. And, and I, I can imagine that as 
blind Bartimaeus and he hears the crowd coming. And he hears all these people and, and the multitudes. He's saying, what's happening? What's happening? And someone says, oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. The one that's healing. The one that's doing miracles. Uh, the one that has preached. Uh, he's passing by. And I've got to believe that old blind Bartimaeus just simply said, his way's better than mine. Boy, his way's better than mine. Philip Brooks said, faith is a sword to defend us. It's a guide to direct us. It's a staff to support us. It's a friend to comfort us. It's the golden key to open heaven unto us. Faith. Listen, there is a better way, and his name is Jesus Christ. Someone said, no circumstances in which we ever find ourselves can be called impossible circumstances, while the God of impossibilities, of the impossibilities, is on our side. I like that. We're looking at the circumstances that are so big, but yet... Faith brings the God that's over the circumstances. The God that's far and above where there are no impossibilities. He's on our side. Hebrews 6 and 11. But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. That He is what? That He is God. That He is who He says He is. That His word is true. His life is true. His Bible is true. That his power is real and you can depend upon him. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. You must believe that he is. And not only that he is, but he is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith in Christ is the only way. Faith in Christ is the best way. Faith in Bartimaeus' life changed his life for the better. Faith begins with knowing there's a need. Faith hears there is a better way. Number next, number three, faith's depending. Faith's depending. Here when he hears that Jesus is passing by, there is a better way. He begins to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The world would say that faith thing is a little bit wacky. You going to church uh, three services a week and being involved in other things and trying to win souls and tell people about Jesus and living right and having some standards in your life, that's a little wacky. Y'all not do that. You've gone a little too far with that kind of faith. Yeah, we got faith, but it doesn't lead us to do those kinds of things for faith doesn't lead us to obey the Bible, then it's not the right kind of faith. They came to him and said, he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon him. And the crowd cries out in response to him and says, just pipe it down. Don't you know who this is? He don't have time for you. He don't have time. He's coming by. He's on his way. He's got a crowd with him. His disciples are with him. He don't have time for you. Oh, Bartimaeus He has depending faith. (laughs) He didn't stop. He just got louder. He He didn't quit. He just kept going further. Thou son of David, he says, have mercy upon me. 
I like the way the King James, he puts it, uh, the way it's just written. If you look at verse number 47, he says, Thou son of David. It's the little T-H-O-U. Thou. It's small. It's like... Thou son of David, have mercy upon him. And then they come back and, he, and they said, you can't be doing that. Hold your peace. Don't be crying out this way. And look in verse number 48, it's capitalized. I don't know about you, but I think it's for emphasis. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. I believe he just got louder. He saw something was better and he went for it. He said, Jesus is passing by. This is the opportunity that I have to find a better life, to live for somebody, and to have something worth living for. Jesus is the better way. He just began to cry out. You know, I believe you can know, you can know and do nothing. A lot of people know what's right they know the bible they know these things i believe you can know and do nothing and when that's the case faith doesn't work just knowing and doing nothing is not faith i believe you can hear and do nothing you can hear and do nothing but you must be a doer of the word you can know and do nothing that's not faith you can hear and do nothing that's not faith faith doesn't work there but it's when faith places its dependence upon Jesus Christ alone, then that is when faith works. When faith is placed, hearing only will not be enough. Knowing only will not be enough. But it's that depending, that placing, that putting, that dependence upon Jesus Christ. That's when faith begins to work. I've heard people say, well, my faith just doesn't work. I've tried that. My faith doesn't work. Well, they've got it in the wrong place. They've not put their dependence upon Christ. We see in blind Bartimaeus in the story, his dependence is seen in his crying out. We just mentioned that. He just got louder and louder. He cried out for mercy. His dependence is seen in that it is continual. Continual. How long is our faith supposed to last until it ends in sight? You're saved by faith and we live by faith. It's not just a once and done thing. His faith was continual. He kept on crying the more. His faith was courageous. He was being rebuked. He was being told to settle down, to pipe it down. But it was courageous. He didn't care who was around him. He didn't care what anybody else thought. He just kept on crying out for mercy. His faith was courageous. His faith was passionate. It was louder and louder. His faith was in earnest. He must do it or die. This was his opportunity. Behold, now, today is the day of salvation. Listen, Jesus passes by. Don't miss the opportunity for a better way. Trust him by faith. His cry, his dependent acknowledgement. Jesus, thou son of David. That's what he uses in verses number 47 and 48. He calls him Jesus, the son of David. That's the Old Testament Messiah. It's today's Messiah. It's the God of heaven. It's Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life by which no man cometh to the Father but by him. This is the one. Dependence wholly upon him. He was dependent upon who he was. His position as king. He was dependent upon his power. His ability. 
His dependence of acknowledgement. Jesus, thou son of David. I think it's interesting that a blind man recognized Jesus when all those who were seeing did not know him. Actually called for his death. Dependent acknowledgement. We see dependent obedience. Verses number 49. Verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man and said to him, Be of good comfort. Well, things have changed, haven't they? (laughs) Be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee. We see the obedience here. Notice verse number 50. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Here we see the obedience. He cast off his garment. What is that all about? I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's, again, it's a picture. It's something that he actually did, but it's also a picture is that he threw off all hindrances that come to Christ in faith. He threw off all things that would impede him, things that would hold him back. He cast, uh, that, that cast anything in the way. His coat, think about it, he's a blind man. His coat would no doubt hold the money that had been given to him. Uh, For blind Bartimaeus, what he would have had in his cloak would have been what he would have accumulated as the crowds passed by. This is what he had to live on. This is what would feed him at the end of the day. This is what possibly would give him some lodging. But he casts it all the way. The things that he was dependent upon for his life and substance, he cast them all away in faith and came to Jesus Christ. He casts them all away. This is obedience faith. Nothing in our hands we bring. Only to the cross do we cling. Let me ask you this morning. What are you depending on? What are you depending on? What are we hanging on to? What are we relying upon? Is there this faith's dependence that we see only Christ and only Him to meet every need that we have? To save us, to sustain us, to provide for us, to help us in our health issues, to help us in our financial issues. Every circumstance of life, we look oftentimes to other things. But when we ought to be looking to Jesus, blind Bartimaeus is a great picture of how a man is to come to Jesus Christ. What a wonderful picture we see. We see number one, faith snowing. Number two, faith's hearing. Number three, faith's dependence. And I want you to finish with this one very quickly. Notice with me, faith's rewarding. Verses 51 and 52. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately... He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I I like the word immediately there. If you go back and do a study out of Mark's gospel, you'll find that immediately is one of Mark's favorite words. (laughs) Immediately. Immediately. He didn't have to go to six weeks of therapy. He didn't even have to go into quarantine. He just simply was immediately healed and God touched his body and his life was changed. He says immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Here we see faith's rewarding. Listen, God never ignores faith. 
Let me say it again. God never ignores faith. But he always rewards faith. Rewards faith. It is the thing that pleases him. It is the very thing that he looks for, that he longs for. It's the thing that draws us near and the thing that draws him near unto us. Faith gets God's attention. I think out of this text, maybe the most powerful statement in all of the story is found out of verse number 49. There are very few words, very few words there. Would you mark it in your Bibles if you hadn't done so already? The most powerful part of the text, and Jesus stood still. <laughs> That's an amazing thing. And Jesus stood still. Bartimaeus' faith caused Jesus to stop everything and take notice of him. And Jesus stood still. Just last week, we saw where he was going to Jerusalem and how Jesus was leading. He was out front. He was always out front. He was always leading. He, he was the one that was guiding them. And no doubt, he had an agenda and he was looking to get to Jerusalem. But understand that Jesus, in all of his things that were laid upon them, and all the things and all the troubles that would come in the next few days and weeks ahead, here he stops. What causes him to stop? It's the faith of a blind beggar man on the road to Jericho. And he's simply crying out, Lord, have mercy upon him. Have mercy upon me. He gets the notice of God. Of all the voices in the crowd. You know, we put up those sound barriers in the Bragg Ministry Center. I don't know about you, but I don't know if it helped a whole lot. <laughs> you get up there, and when everybody gets together, when the children start squealing, and, and we get, and because, see, they get start squealing, so we got to talk a little higher than them so we can hear ourselves, and, and it just the pitch gets this way. You can't hear anybody talk. You can't hear anybody talk. I imagine in a crowd like that that day, if you wanted to talk to your neighbor next door, you had to scream to him. The person walking to you because it was just really loud. It was outside, but it was really loud. One man on a corner begging, Jesus heard, and Jesus stopped to meet his need. Of all the voices in the crowd, he heard one solitary voice of faith, one individual voice. Someone may say, God won't hear me. God won't hear me. God doesn't know where I'm at. God doesn't care about me. The Bible says Jesus stood still. I believe Jesus stands still when we trust him in faith. When we cry out to him in faith. We get the ear of God when we trust him and cry out in faith. This ought to encourage us today. This ought to encourage us. In all the noise, Jesus saw and heard the cry of one. Jesus stopped and Bartimaeus had the undivided attention of God. And I believe it's the same for you and for me today. Think about it. The undivided attention of God. 
he heard his cry. Jesus called unto him, Arise and come unto me. They go to blind Bartimaeus. I imagine someone, we're not told in the passage, but someone maybe took him by the arm or maybe someone was guiding him from the shoulders. You know how you would do that kind of thing? No over here, no over here. Watch your step here. Someone guided him possibly to Jesus, no doubt. Arise, he calleth thee. Jesus called unto him. And Jesus asks the question, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Now, do you think Jesus knew what was in the heart of Bind Bartimaeus before he ever came to him? Oh, yes, he did. He's the God-man. But why did he ask? I believe because God wants us to tell him. God simply wants us to tell him. God simply says to us, what is it that you want me to do for you? What is it that you and I, what is it in our lives that we want Christ to do for us? Is it to be saved? All you got to do is ask him. You need to be saved. What do you want Christ to do for you? You need to be born again. Ask him. Uh, Are you confused about life? Ask him. Tell him. Ask him about it. Are you discouraged about life? Discouraged about the circumstances? Ask him. You want to be used of God? God, use me. Uh, God, I want to do something for you. Ask him. Tell him. What do you want me to do for you? Simply just ask him. Ask him. He says, Lord. Lord. He responds. I want to receive my sight. The blind man said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I think it's interesting that he uses the word Lord there. And I think it's in Mark and maybe in Matthew's gospel. uh, Excuse me, in Luke and Matthew's gospel. The word is master. Master. Master, that I may receive my sight. Uh, The Lord there, it, it is that he's in control. He's in charge. He did not come, Bartimaeus did not come demanding his rights. God, you've been mean to me. God, you've let me down. And I've been on these street corners in all these years. He didn't come that way. He came humbly before the Lord. He recognized how needy he was. He saw his need and he came to Christ in humility. He came confessing his need in faith. Verse 52, and Jesus said to him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go thy way, but don't leave off the faith. Keep on. Keep on trusting Christ. The Bible says that he made him whole here. And I think again in Luke's gospel, it said he was saved. (laughs) He was saved. Again, a picture. A picture of lost humanity. Uh, The physical illness is a picture of the spiritual illness. Not only did blind Bartimaeus get his physical needs met, but he got his spiritual needs met as well. He was born again that day. How do you know he got born again? Well, the Bible tells us, but let me give you another indication. And immediately he received his sight and look and followed Jesus in the way. (laughs) You can't get saved unless you're willing to follow Jesus. And true, a true picture of true salvation is that a person will follow Jesus. He followed him in the way. This physical newness that, brought about, that was brought about is a picture of spiritual newness. 
It's a picture of a new birth in Christ. Faith begins with knowing there's a need. Faith continues with hearing that there's a better way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. I've come to seek and to save the the lost. He said out of verse number 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Faith says there's a better way than this. There's a better way. So much of the world is looking for a better way, but not Jesus' way. And it always leads to a dead-end road. More drugs, more alcohol, more immorality, more all of those will not satisfy the longing of the heart. Only Jesus will. Faith's hearing, faith's depending. It's Christ, the Son of God. Tell Him this morning. Tell Him this morning. Faith's rewarding. Faith's rewarding. God will fix the soul. God has the ability to fix the body. I believe it with all my heart. Some of us here today, some of you are miracles of God's healing. But whatever God chooses to do, whether he heals instantaneously, whether he simply by Paul says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. I'll carry you through it. Simply accept it by faith. God does all things well. Faith, what makes a difference in our lives. Do you know him today? Have you trust him as your personal Lord and Savior? If not, I invite you to come and receive him. If you're listening, watching by way of live stream, you don't know him as Christ, as Lord of your life, I invite you to come to him, to cry out. Maybe some of you just got that need, that great need. What will thou have that I do for thee? Simply ask him. Simply ask him. Now ask independence. Ask independence. Independence upon him. Let's bow our hearts in a word of prayer.